This is the Born Offside podcast. These two talk about football, not blockchain or cryptocurrencies, or Brexit or fake news, or any of that crap. Just men kicking a ball around a field. Kick kick ball ball run run. Lovely stuff. Find us on Facebook at Born Offside Pod. Life. What is life? A question we've all faced. We enter into this world naked, screaming babes, with nothing but our mothers to hold us. From those first moments as we make our way through the world, whether they be moments of fear, anger, love, desperation or intimacy, all we can hope to gather and hold on to for the next life, whatever that may be, is stories. Tales of things we've seen, people we've known, moments we have experienced. And as we go along this epic winding road, there's one constant that keeps adding to our library of stories, keeps fueling us with those moments, those tales, those poems, those allegories of pain, despair, and every once in a while, glory. That's right, that one phantasmagorical provider of narrative, people, I give you, Football! Football! Oh, mate! Football! Welcome! Moments! Bar! Boo boos! Cards! Spaniards! Iranians! Everything! Carnage! Death! Blood! Guts! There was. Was it? Okay, it wasn't, it wasn't so much that. What a, what a beautiful introduction there. I was, my, my heart was just, it was, it was just, it was, it was tense, my heart there for a second. It was very, very beautiful. Wow. Um, uh, yes, oh, football. Oh, my God. Mate, Look, I, mate, I don't know how I'm going to be today. I don't know whether I'm going to be able to survive. Um, today but i'm going to do my very very best i am and uh, and have been since the final whistle blew on a, uh, on a on a different cloud to any other cloud that you can possibly think of at this moment in time i'm looking out the window right now it's not even any of those clouds it's higher than those clouds it really is uh what a what a get what a jesus this this world cup is just unbelievable unbelievable it's Mate, oh. it- Mate, I don't want to go ahead and say it's the best World Cup because we haven't even got to the to the second Can't round. Wait. And, and if you remember, yeah. if you remember, um, two thousand six, two thousand six also had a really wondrous kind of group stage, and then the, that's right. Then the last sixteen, the last sixteen started okay, and that had that epic game between Argentina and Mexico, where uh, Rodriguez was it Rodriguez, Maxi Rodriguez, Maxi Rodriguez, incredible goal, and we all thought, oh, the last sixteen is going to be as good, and then it was just nil nils and one nils and penalty shootouts all the way to pretty much to the final it was yes and uh, and the the euros sort of almost fell into that a similar kind of category as well there weren't very ma- many high scoring goals uh, games and uh, and it was just it was crazy but you know it was like you said uh, like you said yesterday what we we saw four point an average of four point whatever goals per game you know it was just uh, uh, it was just incredible Mate. Incredible stuff. Incredible. Fantastic. Uh, we have to start with the conclusion to Group B. 
going into to going into the tonight's games, yep, there does seem to be something about the night games bringing out the extra level of drama. Mm. Uh, but anyway, going into the night games, uh, we had Spain and Portugal poised on top of the group with four points each. Iran just behind with three, and then out of it altogether uh, without a, a goal or a point to their name, Morocco. But don't think for a moment that that means Morocco were done. They played their part in tonight tonight's story. Uh, so oh, we were looking. Oh. We were all kind of expecting a routine Spanish win against a team that's already been knocked out. And we predicted last night a hard-fought Portugal Portuguese win. Mate, I checked back on the podcast yesterday. We spent a grand total of forty seconds predicting Spain Morocco, and we were like <laughs> debating by how much Spain would annihilate Morocco. How wrong we were. <laughs> How wrong we were indeed. And we, we should have been, uh, I guess, a little bit wiser in that. But you did, you did mention that they, they were going to come out with nothing to lose. And, and they did. They came out with absolutely nothing to lose. And you could see it in the way that they were playing. They were so relaxed. It was, it was very, very, it was wonderful to watch. Very good. It's wonderful. So let's go through this in something like a chronological order. The games kick off simultaneously. And at this point, mate, I've just got one screen on. I'm not even bothering to watch Spain-Morocco. Got the option. I've got I've got my laptop. I've got my TV. I've got an iPad. If there were three games, I could have screened three games. That would have been excessive. <laughs> I, but I could do two comfortably. But I didn't even bother. We've got Spain around. We get uh, sorry Portugal around. We get underway. Vuvus. Lots and lots of vuvus. Oh my goodness. Ah. Oh. So, you know, I, I thought we'd got over it, right? I thought we'd got it. It's, it's like, it's like a, a small child peeing your bed. You know, you just get over it. Yes, that's how you parent. Sorry. Yeah, I've got two kids, by the way, but they're, they're lovely, really, and they're just at that age. Uh, but, uh, no, it's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> these these Vuvuzelas were driving me absolutely nuts. I had to... Uh, I, I had to mute, you know, on a couple of occasions. It was just ridiculous. The, the, the pain that some of the people must be going through when they're in the stadium there must be absolutely horrible. Uh, so much to the point that eventually I was actually looking in the crowd whenever they panned and they had shots of the crowd I was looking to see who these guilty perpetrators were who are these people with the vuvuzelas and then imagining in my mind a sniper rifle uh, aim you know and just go you're gone you know god damn you put that vuvuzela I'm, I'm hitting the vuvuzela yeah not going for the yeah of course for the head. quite clear yeah 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 and uh and you know but I think and the beginning, even the beginning of the second half as well, I, it was kind of quiet. I thought, oh, you know, maybe. And then... I mean, all the way through the game, please. Makes you, makes you wonder how we got through an entire World Cup of every match being like that. Because that's what it, 2010 was. It was. Every it single was. game. I, I, thinking back to it, I must have not watched that many games because I, it just would have driven me nuts. It would have, and, and it did. I think it drove everybody nuts, didn't it? Really? It was like, there was a bit of a sort of novelty thing to it when it first sort of came out. And then the problem, but the problem was people abused it. You know, if you, use it, if you use it at the right times, you know, then we might be able to, to, to sort of section it. You can't hear any chants. You can't hear any singing. You can't hear anything else. You can barely hear what's what's going on uh, uh with with the commentator over the top so yeah uh, uh, bloody vuvus get rid of them burn them all is what i say mate and you're right and at least for the first half they were annoying but at the last 10 minutes of the game which we'll get on to they kind of hyped up the 
the drama for me because <laughs> it's like um it's like that movie inception or um you know any one of those movies is really tense and you just have this constant noise going on and it was almost as if someone had turned that on just a little too early they could have turned it on towards the end uh, i'm quite i'm quite glad that we're not going to have them um but then after we got we got settled in we got used to the vuvus we had um a reasonably quiet first half both teams were kind of testing each other out ronaldo yeah. had a chance it was clear that iran were playing higher up the field than they had previously they were they were pressing your, uh, the Portuguese back line quite a bit. Like before, in the first two games, and especially against Spain in the first half, they'd sat very deep. But they mm. seemed to know that they were going to have to score. And they were, they were further advanced than, than we had anticipated them to be. And then, word comes through, Morocco have only gone and scored, haven't they? <laughs> Morocco have scored. Second screen out, second screen up and on, both games on the roll. Almost instantaneously, Spain equalised. Ah, it's, it's, it's almost like you know they're just they're just teasing you. You know they're just giving you that little bit of sugar on from the top of that cake, but the cake's really big. You know, but they're just giving you that small bit, and it's like, oh, come on, give me more. You know, I, want, yeah. I want more cake. Uh, so, so Morocco's goal was um, some quite horrendous defending from I think it was Ramos and Iniesta between them. What contrived? What a disaster! Well, yeah, they contrived to lose the ball, and um, yeah, one of the it, it, slowest strikers of all time ran through on goal. He was really slow. Well, they, they just had that little moment of, of miscommunication where Iniesta thought that Ramos was going to take it, and then Ramos sort of backed, and it just takes a split second, just a split second. I, I think people look at it and they think, oh, what an idiot, he didn't do it. But it's just a split second. second. And this is a danger when you play the kind of game that Spain play, which is knocking it around their back four on, on the halfway line. Look at all that space in behind. All it needs to do, all you need to do, and, and this, is, this is what happens many, many times with teams that are not uh, uh, good at playing that kind of game. They take on that game and they think, let's play it out from the back, let's do this, let's do that. One small mistake, bang, you're in. And the further upfield you are, the more space you have in behind to exploit. Uh, admittedly, yeah, he was very slow, so but I don't know why they, yeah, Ramos obviously, maybe Ramos wanted to let him score. Yeah. Mate, mate, was there something in the fact that it's Iniesta and Ramos? Like, yes. they're, they're two sworn enemies for most of their lives. It must be <laughs> strange for them playing, playing with each other, right? With they each must... other, yeah. And I was, and I was and PK and Ramos, too. I mean, pretty much anyone in Ramos must hate playing with Ramos because he's such a disgraceful human being. <laughs> but, but there was almost, to me, there was almost a bit where, like, Ramos and Iniesta look at each other and, like, Iniesta's like, I hate you. And Ramos is like, I hate you. And then they forgot the ball. They're like, oh no, we're playing for Spain. Oh, oh crap. A bad dream. <laughs> so maybe that's what it is. In Iniesta's and Ramos's eyes, playing for Spain is like a bad dream. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, Iniesta at least made up for it. Glided. Turning back the years, gliding past players, pulling it back. And then Isco takes it to the disco, slams it in the, into the roof of net. 1-1. Okay, parity's restored. Uh, we'll leave that screen on because we've already got it on, but probably Spain are going to win that game. We'll just leave it over there and we'll turn our attention back to the main event, which is Iran against Portugal. Oh, is that Ricardo Quaresma? Oh, is he curling one in the top hand corner? Mate, I'd forgotten Ricardo Quaresma even existed. Yeah, no, no, he does exist. Yes, absolutely. And still. he still exists. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, we, we, we somewhat affectionately, in brackets, not 
close brackets, call him the gypsy uh, over in Portugal. I don't know if you're aware of that or not, but uh, uh, we, we, we call him the gypsy because he, he does, he comes from a background of, of, of gypsies. Okay. And, uh, and his family are, are gypsies and, uh, and they're all gypsies and, uh, and we love him. You know, we absolutely love him, even though he, <clears throat> he, uh, obviously, gypsies uh, unfortunately have a uh, not a great reputation uh, uh, in Portugal. Uh, but uh, he his his background as well is a very poor upbringing, is a very tough upbringing, and he has always been sort of outcast a little bit and slightly alienated by 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 players throughout his career. And uh, he's always had some difficulties. But when he puts the when he puts the Portugal shirt on. It's weird. It's weird. It's like everyone kind of, we all know, we all know what his history is. We all know everything about him, but it's, I think it's because of this trademark outside of the boot, uh, a shot that he's got or pass that he's got or cross that he's got, which I, I, I don't know that many, I don't think there's any other player who uses it as consistently as he does uh, on the world stage. I, I really don't think there is. I know, I know everyone can do it, but he has made it his. And I think it's because of that, that we sort of see something very special in this guy. And we, we, we all love him very, very much. Um, and, uh, and of course, it's all like, you know, and then the whole, you know, social media in Portugal just goes crazy. And it's like, the gypsy's back. Yeah, here comes the gypsy. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, this, this goal was top draw it really was there was I, you know not many keepers in the world would have much of a chance on that one uh, uh you know the way it just glided into the top corner then and when that goal went in i tell you there was because I, I was I, i've been feeling it i've been feeling these nerves and you know what yesterday it actually dawned on me i'm just sort of veering a little bit uh here but ap apologies for it apologies for, for this but um yesterday i it dawned on me uh, sort of maybe about six or seven hours before the before kickoff that by the time I came and and you know we, we came and started recording this podcast Portugal could be out mm. Portugal could be out and I, it hadn't dawned on me at all and I had this sulken feeling that suddenly like and then I started thinking about the fact that geez this is quite quite depressing actually because if it's not, if it's me tomorrow, okay, it's me tomorrow. I'm going to be extremely depressed. This is going to be the worst podcast you've ever heard in your entire life. It's going to be really, really depressing, really bad. And then I thought, like, if we make it, I'm going to bring it up because you know one one of us is going to go home first, right? Oh, it's uh, going to happen. <laughs> there's even you know there's there's no way that it doesn't it doesn't happen. We're both through to the group stages now. Uh, we're not both going to go out at exactly the same time. Maybe a day apart or something like that. Fine. But one of us is going to have to deal with the other one. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, I, I, I digress a little bit. And um, uh, that'll be a, a fun one to listen to, I guess. When it happens. To do. Yeah. Um, uh, let's just hope we play in the final. I'm not sure whether it'll happen or not. But anyway. Which, uh, which we discussed yesterday. If you lose in the final, you are out. You're out anyway. <laughs> I don't think there's anything worse as well, losing in that final. That would suck. Um, but yeah, look, uh, you know, he, he, he put that ball in and, and when he did, my shoulders dropped and, and I think the whole of Portugal's shoulders dropped as well because we, we realised that, that we were up against it. Kedaj has this team well drilled. Oh and, yeah, they were uh, immaculately drilled, moving like one great, they were like the Vuvus, just swarming everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> they really were and they, they did not, and they played good football as well once they got yeah. into position. 
okay, they had some difficulties when they got into the final third, but like just a little bit more luck and they could easily have scored, you know, a, a couple in there. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it was just, uh, it was very tense. It was very, very tense. It was, it was very tense. Uh, Quaresma scores the goal of the tournament. Mate, I'm telling you at this moment, the look on Carlos Quiroz's face was not one of, oh, my team's just gone 1-0 down in an important <laughs> game. It literally was... Fucking Ricardo Koreshman never did that when I was a Portugal boss. <laughs> he was, he was, he was, uh, he was fuming. He was fuming. And um, look, credit to Kedoj, credit to the guy. He's extremely professional. Uh, and I think that uh, you could tell on the sidelines that he put all Portugal allegiances behind. You know, totally. he was, he was calling. And, and beckoning, he was going for everything that a, an opposition coach would call for to, you know, r- right until the very final whistle. You know, he was, he was begging for that, for that extra goal and he didn't care, but and he didn't care whether or not Portugal w- would stay in or out. It was all about Iran and I, I really respect him so much for that now. Um, I think that was really, really amazing. And I, I, I think he said, I was pretty sure that he said that this was going to be his last uh, tenure stretch anyway as the Iran national coach. We'll see. We'll see what happens. He certainly got close to quitting or have, might have actually even quit and then turned, turned his back on his decision and come back to the team. But I read, I, I read a piece and he's very emotionally attached to the players. Uh, the, I, in the piece that I read, they asked him, you know, what keeps him as the manager of Iran, which keeps him coming back. Let's face it, it's not money. It's not prestige. Um, mm. it, it's the fact that uh, he really believes in these players. He sees the players triumph in spite of uh, Iranian football, which it, uh, apparently is littered with problems. Mm. Uh, things like Nike, because of whatever reason, refusing to give them boots. And he just yeah. sees, the, sees these ir- Iranian players again and again coming back from these knocks and combating diversity, uh, sorry, diversity, combating adversity, very different things. And, <laughs> and so you can see uh, he's very clearly attached to his players. Yes. Um, and for that reason, you know, had, had left behind Portugal a little bit. Mate, it's only half time, right? We haven't <sighs> even got to the, the proper tension yet. No, um, that's right. We haven't. Sorry. Let's. Yeah, so, yeah. We, so at half time. More time on it. So, yep. No, we can spend all day on it. We've got half time. <laughs> We've got half time, and it's one-one yep. uh, in Spain, Morocco, one-nil to Portugal. So Portugal are going through first. Spain are going through second, uh, and Iran. Second, yep. Iran needs uh, a couple of goals. There was a moment when Morocco were beating Spain one-nil, where you and I were, you know, for that five minutes calculating the maths. Yes. Yes. Sit- to see, you know, we, and it was one more, one more Morocco goal would have put Spain on the verge of going out. And then, That's right. yeah, then, yeah. then Portugal scored and it was like, well, okay, that probably won't happen anymore. We restart. Almost uh, straight away, there's a penalty. Yes. Ronaldo jinking run into the box, goes past a couple of players. Third one brings him down. Uh, it looked like a penalty in, in real time. For some reason, the ref didn't give it. That ref had a horrible day. He was about two meters away at the time as well. He was right there. The only thing I can think is that he didn't know whether it was inside the box or not. Yeah, I but, thought that's what he might have been checking for, but he didn't signal for the VAR, did he? He just no, no. It was <clears throat> very strange. Uh, yeah, it like, and 
if I'm going to be a little bit critical of Ronaldo, it did feel a little bit like he was already going down by the time there was contact. But the fact is there was, there was contact and it was heavy enough to be quite obvious that it was going to be a penalty. There's, there was no way that that wasn't going to be given as a penalty, but it, it, it was very strange. It was like, he's not given it. He's, it's weird. He's not given it. And we had to wait, you know, we had to wait for it to, to happen. And then once it did, I mean, as soon as he went to the, to the VAR, Ronaldo had already picked up the ball. He already knew that he was, it was a penalty, you know, time, no. to, time to put a second one past Morocco. Mate, not Morocco, Iran. Um, Sorry. <laughs> um, what I don't like, mate, about the bar is the cameraman following the ref into the little place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, give the man a second. It should be like almost like a confession booth, right? He should be able to, they should even give him a drape or something. He should be able to walk in and just look at it and go, all right. Ah, shit, that was wrong. Okay, I'll come out. But, like, I don't know. I don't like them filming his face. And, like, the, obviously, the cameraman's doing his job. But he just got the screen and the ref's face. And you can see that horrible moment when the ref realizes he's got it wrong. It's just, I know, yeah. give the man a, a little bit of a break. Let's get him a drape. FIFA, can we get him a drape, please? <laughs> Let's put that, yeah, stick it in there. I think with the whole confession thing as well, it's really good because it's a great opportunity for them to go inside there and just sit down and go, oh, bloody hell. I already know what decision. I'm not even going to look at it. I'm not even going to look at the screen. I just wanted a break. You know, I'll just <laughs> stay here for about 30 seconds. It's a definite penalty. You know, I didn't give it. I just wanted a break. <laughs> yeah. Mate, that could be a tactic. In, in the hot heat, ref wants a break. <laughs> they should give him a little ice machine and, and some cocktails or something. There you go. Absolutely. Have a little drink, mate. You know, what's he doing in there? Oh, shh. Don't disturb him. Come on. It's important stuff. Yeah. And he comes back out all refreshed, pats himself down, <laughs> and he gives a penalty. Yeah. He does. He gives a penalty and up steps Cristiano Ronaldo, who this year... Uh, has scored one of the most under-pressure penalties uh, you could possibly hope to come across um, yep. against yep. Juventus in Juventus. the yep. quarter-final, quarter-final, semi-final. Semi-final, right in the corner and in the last minute as well. Unbelievable. He's a man who scored uh, winning penalties in two Champions League finals. Champions League finals, yeah. He scored winning penalties in games against uh, England. England. To send yeah. us through. But, mate, I don't know what it was like for you, but up on my screen, they flash um, Ronaldo's 13 penalties, what he has taken for Portugal. They flash them up with a little graphic with green ones for in and red ones for miss. And I'm like counting them and I'm going, five? He's he's missed quite... He's missed five? And then I remember texting you going, has Ronaldo missed five? And then before you could reply, I was like, no, he's missed six because that one hasn't gone in either. (laughs) Mate, mate, a word about the keeper. God, mate, the keeper who I, who uh, in my pre-game research found out was living homeless on the streets of Tehran, mm. uh, uh, gave up his life as uh, the son of a shepherd, journeyed into Tehran. Uh, I'm cutting. I'm really abbreviating this story. Was a shepherd, journeys into Tehran, sleeps on the street for a bit, comes goalkeeper for Iran. It's pretty much how it happened. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> And then, mate, he's saving Cristiano Ronaldo's penalty. All right, it's not the greatest penalty, but he's just saved Cristiano Ronaldo's penalty. And what I love about it is he holds on to that ball as if he's just saved the best player in the world's penalty. He is, I don't think he wanted to give it up. I think he wanted the game to stop then. It's like, as, as, it, as if he's just saved the world. You yes. know, that's the world he's holding right there. You know? He held that ball like I imagine a loving father holds their child after it's been dropped from a 20-story building. He was just 
Don't go anywhere. I got you. I got you. I got you. Where's the dramatic music in the back? He saved him. Oh, mate, it was it was the stuff sort of you know. Uh, fairy tales are made of, isn't it? Really, because I, I heard this as well, and I, in fact, I think it's 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 over over the news quite a bit about uh, about how he how how rough. Uh, uh, he was living and, uh, you know, how he was working as a kitchen hand for a very large period of time. And then he met the coach on a bus or something. Yeah, and, that's the story and, I heard. Mate, we should yeah. give him a name. We should give him a name. His name is Alze, uh, oh, Ali Reza Beyerevand. Uh, let me try that again. Ali Zera Beyerevand. 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 That's it. Ali Reza Beyerevand. Oh, has he? Yes. He has, <laughs> yes. has he? Yes. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, as long as he's as long as he's happy, I guess it doesn't matter. You know, what, you know, whatever he wants. Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't really. He 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 was he was amazing. And Kadosh walking off after oh, the wait, that was epic. That was epic. What is <sighs> people's problem with VAR? <laughs> like, the VAR has clearly proved that it's the right decision. That is undeniably, indetestably, the right decision. And then Kadosh walks into the changing room like Absolutely. the game's over I, I thought he'd been sent off I, yeah, I thought everyone been did. Off. the american um the american referee um sorry the american referee the american commentators uh, were like kirosh has been sent off and i was like i didn't see a card like but ah. okay he must have off he goes but he'd literally like it's my ball and i don't want to play anymore and i'm off <laughs> He really did. He walked off and he just got out of there. And then apparently someone told him down the tunnel that, that the kid had saved it. And he just came booming back out again. Mate, what a, what a World Cup. What a game. What a fantastic... This, this is the kind of game that you'd have it in... in the, you know, it was almost... It was, it was kind of a knockout game anyway, right? So, but uh, uh, it was almost something that you'd have in the quarterfinal or the semifinal or something. It was just unbelievable. The amount of drama that went on in, in this match. And they were all living it. They were all living it. I think, you know, if we could possibly get two winners out of this, then I think we, we would, you know, and uh, uh, it's just, uh, but this is, this is what the World Cup is all about, you know, like you said in your beautiful epilogue at the beginning of the game, beginning of this podcast. Prologue, mate. Prologue comes Prologue. Epilogue, epilogue sorry. Epi. Are you going to have an epilogue as well? Have you, you know? I might do. I haven't, know. I haven't thought. All right. Okay. See how you feel. See how you feel. See how you feel. Epilogue. Sounds <laughs> like I'm having a drink. I might yeah. need a drink. Yeah, look, he's, his record is 16 penalties for Portugal, and I think, I think, uh, and he's missed six. Uh, he's, he's never been the best. And it's funny, really, because Messi's quite similar as well, actually. Um, not as clinical from the spot as some, of, some other players are. But, um, you know, there was no way that you were going to take it off him. But the thing is, look, I, I, watched, I watched his face. I looked at his face. Could you tell the difference on, in, 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 in terms of concentration between... The last moment against Spain, when he's lined up to hit that free kick, the camera's on him. He's got nothing on his mind other than getting that ball over that wall and into the top corner. But if you look at him just before the penalty kick, he's all over the place. He's looking at the ref. He's looking at the keeper. He's looking, he's looking up in the crowd. He's looking, up, he's, he's looking on the ground. He's looking at the ball. He's looking, he's looking everywhere. He's, he's, he's glitchy. He's, he's twitchy. He's nervous. He's, he's not himself. You know, something was not mate, right. He just, I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. I, mate, I know exactly what it was. What had happened is, is the day before, Harold Edward Kane had taken <laughs> two best penalties. 
Harold Edward Kane had All right. so <laughs> hard into the corner. <laughs> and Ronaldo has seen that. He's, you know, he's watching Match of the Day or whatever. What's Portuguese for Match of the Day? Uh, Macho Del Deo. <laughs> there you go. He's watching Macho Del Deo, right? On his sofa with the other Portuguese lads. And, and the other Portuguese lads are going, oh, Ronnie, look at him with that. You don't hit him like that, Ronnie. Oh, all right, all right, all right, all right. That's enough. Mate, I'm telling you, it was, it was under pressure. It was under pressure because Harry's one goal in front of him in the golden boot, which we all know is the trophy that Ronaldo really wants. And <laughs> he's one goal ahead of him. He's taken two immaculate penalties. Ronaldo himself is like, what can I do to better that? He's thinking about Harry and he's just side-footed it to the right of the goalkeeper who's <laughs> held on to it. Dear life. Well, it was a beautiful yeah. moment, mate. I have, you know, I'm, I'm no enemy or, or, or you know disliker of Portugal are. and, yes, I, and I wish you I wish you well yes, you are. but you do know that I despise that young man <laughs> I, I I I mean actually I don't hate him as much as I used to since he's got older I kind of I've, I have a begrudging admiration for him um and there's a sw- certain individual who plays for Uruguay who's who moves to the top of the list but, <laughs> but Look, I am um, you know but yeah. I did enjoy that moment where he had his penalty save I have to say yeah, it's a uh, fo- football is all about this. You know, we we take sides with everything. You know, we take sides with football, we take sides with players, we take sides with with anything. And uh, uh, and you know, I'll I'll let you have that little moment for yourself. But uh, just remember, who has the last laugh at the end all of the right, all? all right, we'll see. Yeah. All right. um, and <laughs> then then yes. so like uh, it's still one nil, and it's still one nil, but not for much longer. Uh, because meanwhile, Morocco are practically laying seeds to the Spanish goal. I have to admit, I'm just looking at it occasionally. Every time I happen to look at it, Morocco are having a shot. Uh, probably, if I were to check the stats of the game, it's probably not an accurate reflection. But I can only go with what I saw. Morocco were laying seeds to the Spanish goal. Uh, they had a wondrous long shot, which, mate, if this had gone in, would have been goal of the tournament. Like, he hit it so hard, and it has, like, a perfect trajectory... And it's, it's going in and it hits the top of the crossbar, bounces down and stays at one all. And you've, oh, oh, that was Ugh. close. But then, and then uh, not long after that, and mate, this, was the, this is the first time that the simultaneousness of it all came in. Because we had a moment, and I'm thinking it must be around late 70s in terms of like, you know, 76, 77, something like that. We had, and this is, only the World Cup can do this, mate, when you have simultaneous games. Maybe the last day of the Premier League, but eh. you've got simultaneous games happening at the same time. And then on two screens, at the same time, you had Ronaldo being reviewed for a a red card for a possible elbow, which we'll get into. And while that review is going on, bang, Morocco score from a corner, a headed goal from a corner. The two things happened at the same time. And I can remember texting you about my excitement of the Morocco goal because, you know, I was watching the, the screen that had things happening on it rather than yep. men, men looking at TVs. Uh, <laughs> and I remember, I remember texting you and going, mate, Morocco, Morocco have scored. And normally you would be overjoyed, but you wouldn't reply because you could tell that you were just watching the other game going, don't send Ronaldo off. Don't send Ronaldo don't, off. No. <laughs> we need him. Do not send him off. Do not send him off. Oh, and uh, yeah, what a, what a header it was. That was probably... I think that was better than uh, than uh, the other. Well, we've seen a couple of good headers actually in this tournament, but that was up there. The way he hit it, uh, you know, he just completely, you know, bulleted it into the top corner. It was just fantastic. But 
but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I didn't care. I didn't give a damn. Uh, uh, and I didn't care, you know, quite frankly, because it didn't really, didn't really matter what the result was uh, uh, over in Spain and Morocco anymore. It was all about Portugal getting over the line and getting over this line that, uh, you know, was just getting hazier and hazier and bleaker and bleaker. And now, uh, look, uh, a, a thing about that red card, you know, I think it's... I think it's touch and go on that one, uh, t t to be honest. Obviously, I'm, I'm biased, and I'm going to try to be as non-biased as possible, but I can't. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of say it from the perspective of, of a person that, that would obviously like to defend Ronaldo uh, 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 for this. First of all, he gets, he gets stopped. Uh, and he gets he gets stopped a couple of times, and that's that's a free kick. I don't know why these these things never get pulled back as free kicks when because uh, this happens all the time, doesn't it? When when the ball gets knocked over the halfway line, over the top of everybody, somebody's running in to try and get to it. The goalkeeper's going to go for it. It's going to be touch and go between the two of them, and the defender just st steps in the way of the striker, right? And the striker has to kind of avert and go one way or go the other. And often he hits that defender, but it's never given as a free kick. In fact, if anything, it's given as a free kick the other way around. So like if Ronaldo knocks the other guy over because he's gotten his way, it's a free kick against Ronaldo. This is not basketball, you know, where, where you stand still. and If you knock into the guy, then it's going to be a free kick. The fact is, and I hate that. It's one, another, another thing about football that I really, really hate as well is, is when defenders protect the ball to go over the, the, the byline for a goal kick. Oh, it's one of the I worst sights in football. I think that's wrong. I think that's wrong because any contact from the striker on the defender is a, is a free kick. You do that anywhere else on the pitch, it's not a free kick. You're just yeah. trying to get the ball. So I think that needs to be reviewed. And this also needs to be reviewed a little bit. Now, what happened afterwards was that Ronaldo went one way, <coughs> excuse me, and then he had to go the other way. And you see his arm go down above the shoulder. Now, now Ronaldo's a big man. He's like a giant, okay? And this guy's like a mouse, all right? So, like, you got a giant against a mouse, all right? The giant's always going to put his arm over the top of him. Regardless, and he does. He puts his arm over the top of him, and the elbow goes down. And it, it 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 does look to me like there's contact from the elbow when it goes down. Now, whether he he's sort of doing it malicious maliciously or not, it's it's difficult, a little bit difficult to tell. It looks more to me like he's just trying to get him out the way. And but the thing is, I can also see the little bit of elbow, and I could see how some people may judge that as petulant. And I think, I think. The referee has got it right. I think he's penalized Ronaldo and given him a yellow card, which is very strange because at the time I thought, uh, you can't do that. You have to give him a red card if you think it's, if it's an elbow. But upon reflection, I think he's not given it for an elbow. He's given it for a push. And the push was bad enough to warrant the yellow card. So, uh, you know, I'm obviously on the bias side of things here. I, and, but I'm not going to hide from the fact that he was very, very lucky. Like another referee on another day, that could have easily been a red card. Yeah, I honestly think you're right. I hate to side with you on this one, but <laughs> I, I actually think I think it, I it was petulant. I think Ronaldo was annoyed, but yes. I don't think he catches him enough for it to be a red card. Like just because something's petulant doesn't mean it's a red card. Like for example, if you sarcastically applaud the referee, that's petulance, but it's a yeah, yellow card. Yeah. It's not a red card. Slam if, the ball down in frustration or something. That's a yellow yeah, card. It's a yeah. yellow card, not a red card. And Ronaldo pushes him out of the way in petulance. If, if he caught him in the face, 
it would have been a red card, but he doesn't. Yes. He catches him on, on the chest. It's not enough of a contact for a red card. Mm. The, just mm. the fact that it was petulant for me is not enough to make it a red card. Like, for, I still think that when David Beckham kicked Diego Simeone in 98, that was a yellow card. Like, mm. he's had a flick at him, but, like, it's just a tap. It's just a sideways movement of his foot. Simeone is not in any danger. He's not going for his faces. He's just a bit annoyed for what was a very bad foul from Simeone where he's gone through the back of Beckham from behind. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's like a yellow card. It's like, you, you have two kids, mate, so you know better than me. But it's more like, it's more like one of those moments of, oi, 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 don't do that. Stop it. Yeah. Like, but it's not, it's not <laughs> anything where you're going to send the, you know, ground the kid for three weeks or anything, right? It's... It's just uh, oh, I don't well, know. Well, what I'm saying, <laughs> what I'm saying is that uh, whatever your scale of punishment may be, I, I feel like you've got greater punishments, you know, reserved and lined up for that one. So I actually think that <laughs> that was the, the, the right decision. But the, the, mate, my point is the drama, the two oh. things are happening at the same time. You know, even, even if like, so what we're all watching for is can Iran score two goals and effectively not portugal out mm. but but now we've even got this moment where portugal are still probably going to go through but they won't have their best player for the next game God. like it, imagine if ronaldo was out of the next game mate. you would be so downcast about your chances it almost wouldn't <laughs> it's almost would be pointless you going through without him like it really would it, it, it it's, it's kind of weird like it's a little bit mixed yes 100 percent you know, we, you know, we rely on him quite a lot and uh, certainly for the goals and everything. Um, but what we would end up doing is we'd end up just turning into the most defensive team that you've ever seen, more defensive than bloody Uruguay, you know, and uh, we just park it, park the bus for every single game until we got to the final and won it, you know, so. Um, <laughs> Where is, is Adir in, is Adir, Adir, how do you say him? Is Adir, he, yeah. Is he in the squad? No, no, he's not in the squad, unfortunately. He's had a... Yeah, yeah, it's uh, that 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 brought about a lot of debate. But from people who know Adair, he's he was always on the periphery, even of the t the 2016 squad. He was always on the periphery. He just got in, and uh, you know <laughs> that moment that he scored. Yeah, it was just it was a bit of a freak, to be totally honest. But there you go. You see, these football moments are made of of these you know incredible events it's just ah oh, it's just unbelievable oh, love it love it look uh, <coughs> just just i wonder if we should just take a break because i think we've just been talking no, about it for a very long finished. time no all we're right okay finished. Finished. Mate, okay you, go, for it, it, go for it if it wasn't enough that we'd had one moment of simultaneous drama we then had another and uh, <laughs> this one is in both games are past the 90 minute mark um uh, reminder that Spain are trailing 2-1 and Portugal are winning 1-0. So Portugal are going through uh, and Spain are squeaking through on goals scored. And I remember telling you, mate, effectively that own goal that Morocco scored in the first game is sending Spain through here. Anyway, yep. so then, then we get a moment whereby at the same time, uh, Iago Aspas uh, has a lovely flick finish from a quickly taken top a quickly taken corner to make it 2-2. Um, so that, that's being checked, though, for a potential offside. Yep. And while that's happening, uh, one of the, I thought, stupidest decisions, of all the decisions that have come out of VAR, I, generally speaking, mate, I've really enjoyed VAR. Yes, it takes too long, but we're more or less getting rid of that horrible nagging feeling of injustice because more often than not, the right decisions are being made. 
But yes. I felt like that one at the end where Cedric Suarez is judged to have handled the ball was the wrong decision. He's had the ball headed onto his hand from like a yard. And I think these things always look worse when you slow them down. Because in real yeah, time, yeah, yeah. there's no way he can stop that hitting his hand. He can't jump without his arms up in the air. It's headed onto his hand. It's not a penalty at all for me. It, it, it is not. I, I think we could possibly even put this down as potentially being the first mistake of, of VAR. But like, oh, hang on a second. VAR is never wrong it's the referee who makes yes. the decision so just remember var is never wrong it's like a computer computers are never wrong mate it's the yeah. users all right it's the users um <coughs> it's um i yeah it it definitely definitely not i i think i have to again we, we've had this discussion already if you're going to start saying that every single time ball to hand hand on balls it's a penalty, then, you know, then, then, then give it fine, you know, then, uh, but that's going to be very interesting now for the future. I think, uh, uh, because, because if you're going to give that for Cedric Suarez, then you're going to have to stop everything that even comes close to a finger, you know, and, uh, you know, if the ball just, just, just breezes past someone's finger when it goes in for a cross or something, you know, he's going to pull it back. And if he sees any kind of small little movement on it, he's going to give, he's got to give a penalty. So uh, what's the letter of the law again? And, and how much discretion does the referee have? Does the referee see that and think, I have to give it. I have to now. The whole world has seen it. I've seen it. I can't not give, I can't say it was accidental. Because what's the no. rule? And I think we're going to be called out on it now. Because what is the rule? What is the rule? Well, yeah, I've, you know, I thought it absolutely wasn't a penalty. So it's one mm. of those things that looks 100 times worse when you play it at that speed. Because at that speed, you're thinking to yourself, well, he could pull his hand out the way. But the thing is, it's happened much, much faster than that. But man, I do have to tell you, there was a part of me going, go on, give it. It's going to be very dramatic if you give it. <laughs> Just for the sake and of drama. Did. Give it and give it. And he and then oh, the, the Iranian, goodness. the Iranian penalty taker must have been watching Harry Kane take penalties because <laughs> top corner, he didn't Enough. win. That was a, that was better than both of the Harry Kane goals. His was really top corner, really top corner. It was Bigger beautiful. pressure on him. Bigger pressure on him. Certainly. Bigger pressure. Maybe less power, more placement. Harry yes. went for power. So, yes. uh, <laughs> and then he 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 scored. Um, I think it's, it's Iran's all-time greatest score, goal scorer, I think. No, uh, that's Ali Dai. Do you remember Ali Dai from the 90s? He scored like 100 and, 120 international goals or something. Oh, really? He, oh, he's okay. the one that Ronaldo needs to catch because like, Ronaldo's on like 83-ish, something like oh, that. Oh, that's right. He's t and Ronaldo's the top European, European. Yeah, yes. goal scorer of all times now. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, look, it was, it was a beautifully dispatched penalty and it set the nerves up for what? What was it like? The three minutes remaining because it was six yeah. minutes of extra time plus whatever extras they were already going to give on top of the six minutes and we we go up the other side of the field and i think yeah okay just keep it there just keep it there and we we lose it very quickly and we're back on the back foot again and at this time iran are coming in droves mate and mm. i am living on the edge i am not looking at my phone i am not speaking to anyone i'm not I'm, I, I swear, like, if that goes in, things are gonna things things are gonna start breaking in my house. You know what I mean? There's gonna be stuff. There's gonna be stuff thrown. There's gonna be things 
breaking. Like you can't go out like that. Do not do it. Or, or, and, and all at the same time, feeling a little bit sorry for, for Iran as well, because, you know, had, had Morocco uh, kept their lead and, or, or maybe even, you know, scored that, that elusive third whilst, uh, whilst it was still 2-1, uh, you know, I would have actually been okay with the draw, you know, because obviously Spain would have gone out. But <laughs> you would have taken you know, it. Yeah, I would have. I would have, absolutely. But as it was, we were on the verge, you know. It was very, very And you came fun. so very, very close. Uh, I'm, oh just, I'm going to check the player's name because he, he deserves to be mentioned. He yeah, was yeah. It was... Uh, Tarimi. Uh, Tarimi. <coughs> Number 17, no, they... Tarimi. And <coughs> the, the ball goes up front. Uh, the striker, I think it has Moon, takes a shot, which takes a deflection, and it yep. rolls into Tarimi's path. And all he has to do is dink it over the on, onward rushing Rui Patricio. Just stood still for yeah. two, like, I swear, like, I, I, it was freeze frame. I thought it was over. I thought it was all, it was curtains for us, mate. It was heart and mouth. And then he you whacks know? it, he whacks it. Yep. And mate, it hits the side netting. And it's one yep. of those where the other half of the stadium thinks it's in. That's right. Right. Because of the way, the angle it's gone, and they think that it's hit Patricio and gone into the side nesting. Mate, be honest, did you have a moment when you thought it was in? Mate, I've had some, yeah, yeah, I have, yeah. Um, last, the other night with my wife, you know, uh, we were, you know. <laughs> Stop it. Just, sorry. <laughs> but it wasn't. So I had to, you know, you have to keep, anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Mate, it was... <laughs> It was a heart and mouth moment. It really, it really was something in mouth moment. Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I was, I was, yeah, I was on the verge of something. Anyway, I was on the verge of a very strong emotion, <clears throat> and this very strong emotion was overcoming me, and <laughs> I just found it very difficult to be able to contain myself, you know. But I did. I contained myself like a good boy, like a good Christian, and uh, and held out. Till I was married, <laughs> and also the Iranian player miss you've you've ruined that part of the podcast. <laughs> anyway, with that, with that, um, we're gonna leave behind the epicness that was the conclusion <laughs> of Group B. Uh, we'll take a short break, and we'll be back uh, with detailed, in-depth analysis of what happened in Group A. That was the longest part ever. Forty-seven minutes on two games. Well, it was epic. The next part is part two, and it's slightly shorter. And we're back. Uruguay won and they went through. Great. And we'll take another break and come back with the previews for tomorrow. Yay! Oh man. Far too much detail on Uruguay. Here's part three. Okay, so that's enough of that Uruguay <laughs> chat. Um, Austra Australia. Uh, tomorrow we have the conclusion of Group C. Australia yes. versus Peru. Denmark yes. versus France. Uh, yep. France sitting pretty on top of the group with six points. They're already through. Yep. Denmark are just behind them on four. Denmark only need a draw to get through. Uh, a draw will take France through on top and Denmark through second. The Danes can top the group if they were to beat France. Uh, the Danes yep. can also finish uh, in third spot if they, uh, if they were to lose to France and Australia were to beat Peru. And I believe that Australia would have to beat Peru by how many goals have they two. scored? By two. Two, go two goal, uh, goal swing. Because Denmark would still need to 
actually, yeah, yeah. So if they win 2-0 and if Denmark lose 1-0, because Denmark have to lose, mm-hmm. uh, uh, so they would go minus one, if you know what I mean. So it's not, yeah. it's a two goal swing, basically. So uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's, it's, uh, you know, I've spoken to, you know, a couple of Australians here. There seems to be a little bit, it's a slight more more of a slightly more of a buzz around here but still not that much still not that much you know it's uh, so I, I i am starting it, it seems like some of the australian supporters are coming out of the woodwork now uh, at where i work for example and uh, uh, out in the streets as well i'm able to see a, a couple of them and I've, I've spoken to a few of them and they're they're very optimistic and and uh, i i don't know why you know, because uh, they're, they're definitely not going to make it. Absolutely not. And I'm sorry for all my Australian viewers, uh, but uh, it's, it's uh, you know, first, first of all, you're playing against Peru and uh, Peru are, um, they feel as though they've not, they've, they've not left anything, you know, behind for, for their people to really appreciate. I think they're going to go out and I, I think they're going to give Australia a walloping, to be honest. I think it's going to be, uh, you know, we've seen some great football from Peru. Um, <coughs> Australia are much more industrious, but I find that they lack a certain um, street wiseness on, on, on the pitch. There are certain things that you can do when you're on the football pitch. Now, this is very, you know, Uruguay are the masters of it. You know, Argentina are pretty good at it as well. And, you know, being able to buy fouls, being able to uh, uh, clock away a little bit more time, you know, playing mind games with, with, the, uh, uh, with your op- the opposition. These are things that Australia doesn't have enough experience in and also has the wrong kind of character. Their kind of character is far more honest, far more straightforward, far more direct. Now to do that, they will need, and if they ever want to win anything in, in, in the World Cup in the future, they're going to need exceptional players at being direct and at being uh, forward. And they just at the moment have the wrong blend, unfortunately. They just don't have the right types of players and the right stars to be able to to come in it's not to say that they won't be able to in the next 10 to 15 years or so but this crop of players i'm sorry i i, I think the people i speak to obviously just don't understand anything i'm really sorry and i'm gonna call it there's no chance no chance australia are gonna make it through to the next round on this one Okay, well, that's interesting you should say that about their character because their rugby and cricket teams are full of the, the kind of character that you were saying that they need to have, uh, by which, yeah, by, yeah. By but, which but, uh, I mean but, cheating. Uh, um, <laughs> but I think in football, you know, there's, they, they just don't have that cheating ability. I don't, I don't like to call it a cheating ability, but it's, uh, yeah, it's that street wiseness that you, you need to have uh, uh, in the game. And they get riled and they get annoyed and they, get, and they let it get to them. You know, and they have done in this World Cup on a couple of occasions, and uh, I just haven't been too turned on, sorry, by by watching uh, uh, Australia play. Um, and I, I I hate to be so, you know, negative and critical about it, but I think I think people should just get get down to earth on this one. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm with you though. I I expect um, I expect Peru to at least score a goal. They haven't scored a goal yet, and and they do play quite attacking football. So I'll be yeah yeah surprised if they don't score a goal. Uh, I can't see Australia beating them. I I fancy them to do what Morocco have done today and really turn up and show up. Yep. Um, I, I see a, a few goals in there because Peru will, will go for it. Uh, I fully expect France to beat Denmark. I think this Danish team is kind of lucky to be where they are. Then, uh, I mean, Christian Eriksen aside, they don't have a whole pile of talent in that team. They're 
you know, quite workmanlike and have, have been a bit fortunate here and there, I think, um, especially in the Peru game. So, I, yeah. yeah, I'd expect a France <laughs> win. I, France will rotate and rest some players. Um, but I expect France still to win because they're, they're a better side than, than the Danes. And I expect, yeah, it'll be kind of where yeah, we are, yeah. except for I expect Peru to jump over Australia into third place. But otherwise, that's that it. That's it. It's, it's, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm totally with you on the Denmark-France side. I think Australia could even go into this game, and they, and they should. The coach should really be riling them up and saying, look, it's a very, actually a very, very good chance that we can do it. Yeah, Put that I mean, in their mindset. Stick that in their minds. Stick that in their heads, and let them go. You know, full guns blazing for this match. The problem is Peru have have played really, really well, and I just think that they're just they don't have enough to get past Peru. I think that's the uh, that's the issue. Um, but you know, please surprise me. You know, I'd, I'd I'd love it. I'd love it. All right, mate. Then so let's move on. Uh, we'll take a little break there, and we'll come back and we'll preview the conclusion, the big one, Group D. Yes. This next part is brought to you by the number 4, and by the letter F. Off we go then. And we're back. And we're back with the promise of... Argentina exiting the World Cup. It's, Mate, this, it's quite oh. a beautiful thing. So Group D is poised as such. Every team has obviously played two games. Croatia are through, just like the French, on six points with two wins from two games. Uh, Nigeria are just behind with three points. And then both Iceland and Argentina have a point each, giving us the first group where everyone has a chance of going through. Well, Croatians have more than a chance they're through. But the Nigeria, group. Iceland, Argentina all could go through all could go home. I'm predicting at various points they'll all be through and then they'll all be home. Uh, and it's just which way up the cards are going to land when we get to the end of it. Uh, Nigeria uh, should be through with a draw, although that might not be enough if Iceland go and beat Croatia, which um, you would think is uh, probably unlikely if Croatia were to play the first team, but there's a heavy chance of Croatia um, resting. I would have thought the likes of Rakitic and Modric who've played long seasons uh, especially Rakitic for me looked a little leggy towards the end of that game even though he scored a goal right at the end um, yep. and then you know also Mandzukic and players like that I would you would expect them to rest that give the fringe players a little bit of, a bit of a run out um, so that gives Iceland a, a chance can Iceland go for a team though they're a defensively very strong team but, but can they attack um, but though you have to say you, you give Iceland a chance of getting a 1-0 because if they were to get in front, the Croatians are already through. They don't want to risk injury. There's not really any point. I don't think there's any major advantage uh, other than probably you do want to avoid France. But, okay, that could happen. I could see that happening. Nigeria it should be through with a draw, definitely through with a win. Argentina probably through with a win. Um, <laughs> Definitely. I, I, think, I think the two things which are, are rock solid is that both Iceland and Argentina need to win. If, if, if they draw, they're gone. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So uh, uh, they, they, both need to, they, they both need the win to be able to get through it. I think this, <coughs> excuse me, this, this group has it all. This is going to be, and I don't know whether or not uh, uh, you know, the Russians 
actually thought about this when they thought about the fixtures, but again, it's the nighttime fixtures ones. And it's the, uh, it's, it's the ones that are going to be providing, uh, you know, all of the, the, the drama, I think, uh, uh, because, um, you know, I feel really bad for saying those things for Australia in the last, in the last uh, uh, section, uh, but it's just, it's just the way it is. But, <laughs> but um, you know, that group, I just feel there's no, there's not as much excitement and there certainly isn't as much possible excitement uh, that is going to go on. This group really has it all. If Nigeria are able to, I, I would just like it to be a, a straight off Nigeria, just win it, you know, three nil, you know, <laughs> against Argentina, Argentina just crumble. They've crumbled so far so much. Uh, did we ever find out whether Maradona managed to get in and chat, chat to them? I don't Mate, think so. I am just, I'm just checking it on the internet. Um, <laughs> it appear that Diego has not managed to make his way into the Argentina dressing room, but he could well, at halftime. He could at halftime. He's been there in the stadium. If Diego Maradona walks down with his bodyguards, would you stop him? I know I wouldn't. <laughs> Probably get straight into it, wouldn't he? Get out of my way. Yeah, it's, uh, <coughs> I think that um, uh, it'll be very interesting to see, you know, what, what, what happens. Uh, uh, but I think Argentina, you know, we've been, we, we, we've been saying, you know, they're, surely they've got too much for them. Surely they've got too much for them. Surely they've got too much for Iceland. Surely they've got too much for Croatia. Uh, uh, um, you know, are they going to have enough against Nigeria and uh, this this is one where it's uh, on paper it it's not as easy as the Iceland game mm -hmm. uh, but uh, but they weren't able to get anything you know they only got a draw out of the Iceland game so technically now looking at everything you'd probably you might even fancy Nigeria really to go through but you still have to think you know the likes of Messi and uh, um, uh, the, uh, uh, Di Maria and Iguain if he comes on and Aguero up front and they've just got so much potential I don't understand you know so um, yeah well uh, one thing is for sure if Argentina don't make it I doubt we'll be seeing much more of Sampaoli in a hurry I don't uh, think we're going to see much more Sampaoli even if they do make it <laughs> word is word is is that the players have stayed a mutiny and have decided they're picking the team uh, and they're going to allow Sampaoli to sit on the bench. Is the is the the news is coming out of there? <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, and when they say the players are going to pick the team, Mascherano and Messi are going to pick the team because that's what that means. And um, the other rumor that, that yeah, well, I think well, who, if if you know, because I think there have been a few incidences through the years of players just taking over dressing rooms. I think it certainly happened when Avram Grant took over as Chelsea manager and they, and they got to that Champions League final. I think Drogba, Lampard and Terry were more or less picking the team and laying out the tactics <laughs> and leading everything. I, I, I don't think that's really something that's too much open for debate. Uh, it's not football, but in the, the Rugby World Cup uh, in 2007, uh, the England team took over and, and decided, you know, what they were going to do and what the tactics were and who they were going to play. And the, and the coach was um, pretty much sidelined. So I think it has happened. And I think it's even happened with, with a degree of success. Obviously, I don't, um, it's usually not going to be enough that the players are the players for a reason. Uh, but mm. um, I, I could totally see it. I think, it's, you know, similar, similar things have happened with France, uh, who, who clearly uh, when... Um, during the 2006 World Cup, when they got to the final, and Dominic was the uh, was the coach. I think you know the likes of Zidane were having a, a very prominent say in what was happening there. Uh, it's certainly you can tell from what happened in the 2010 World Cup that none, none of the players held any respect for Dominic. So, 
yeah. yeah, I can see it. I can see it happening. Um, the the other thing that's coming out is that uh, Caballero is uh, going to be dropped, and uh, I can't. I don't even know who the other goalkeeper is, but I don't think he's even played before. Um, I'm, yeah, no, I'm going to look it up. Where are we? Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's very difficult. I mean, I I think, uh, you know. Who knows what's going on in there, right? Who knows? Uh, we, we, just, just nobody, nobody knows what's what's happening in there. It's just turmoil. It seems to be turmoil. It seems to be a little bit like what Spain was living just before the the championship started. You know, um, I, I I fear a little bit for uh, for Argentina. I really do. And um, but you know, seeing them knock, seeing them get knocked out would be uh, would be a very entertaining uh, thing. I think, and um, obviously not for any uh, Argentines. But I think I think a lot of the the Argentinian people as, as I've spoken to. A, a few myself, and I think a lot of them are resigned to, um, to 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 being knocked out already. You know, obviously they're hopeful and they'd like to get through, but I think they they think it's just like a it's just a, it's just a time bomb waiting to go off. It's it's only a matter of time before it all um, uh, before it all kicks up and uh, and they're gone anyway. So if they go in the group stages, good riddance, you know. And uh, let's start shaking things up with the national team and, and seeing if we can do a bit of a, you know, a bit of a turnaround uh, uh, for them. So it's, it's almost like this is, it, it, we're prolonging the pain or something, you know, of course, famous last words, you know, Messi comes in, scores a hat-trick tonight. And then suddenly, you know, we're talking about Argentina's being favorites for the next, uh, you know, for the, for the champ, for the, for the world championship. So uh, the world cup, but um <clears throat> It's uh, yeah, it's it's been a very very strange story uh, that's been going on, and uh, and it's it's very. I haven't seen much support come out for Sampoli from the players as well. There's not, you know, you you'd expect to see something come through, right? You know, surely. Yeah, it's they, very surprising because I think the Chilean squad very much loved Sampoli. So mm. I mean, obviously he is Chilean. Maybe that plays a role in it. Yeah. So the papers are reporting that. Um, <laughs> that uh, Caballero is going to be dropped in favour of uh, uncapped River Plate keeper Franco Armani. And wow. that... Oh, with that uh, name. Yeah, well, he, he should at least look good. And um, Aguero is going to lose his place to Higuain. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty straightforward uh, as well. Uh, Aguero, uh, you know... Uh, such, such an amazing player as he is, he does play in a particular way, and he's got a particular style. And I think right now, a little bit like uh, a little bit like Portugal yesterday, you know, they played uh, Andre Silva up front instead of Gerge. They're both very different types of football players. Andre Silva is far more uh, uh, bustly, and uh, he gets stuck in, and uh, you know, he puts himself about on the pitch. Uh, you know, a bit of a Diego Costa, you know, and I think Higuain is a similar kind of uh, uh, um, a, a similar kind of switch when you're switching Higuain over with um, uh, with Aguero as well. So it doesn't uh, it doesn't surprise me too much. Uh, so what are we calling, mate? What we, what do we think is going to happen? Who do we think is going to go through? We we were kind of agreed that it's going to be France and um, Denmark going through in that order. Uh, what order? Who's going to play who in the next round? Uh, yeah, so I think I think it's going to be uh, I think France will will be first, um, yeah. and I, I think I think they're going to be up against Nigeria. At least that's what uh, what I'm sort of hopeful for. Otherwise, I mean, 
The thing is, if, if Argentina do pull it out the back, if, if something happens to Iceland uh, in, in, the last, in the last game, which, which, which could happen, let's just say that they play out a draw, or, or even if Argentina, you know, come out and absolutely spank Nigeria, you know, like 4-0 or something, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see something like that. 4-0 spanking uh, against Nigeria. Then we'd see a France versus Argentina game in the next round. Oh, and it would be nice. Would be, that would be nice. That really would be nice. So, um, you know, as, as much as we, you know, think it's all funny and, and good to see, you know, big teams fall at the first hurdle, wouldn't it be nice to have a match like France versus Argentina in the next round as, as, a, as opposed to France versus Nigeria, for example? Um, with, with the viewpoint of France will absolutely smash them. Yes, exactly. I mean, there, there could be a chance that, you know, yeah, no, I don't think so. I think that's that's the most likely, really. That I don't think they're going to play Croatia. I don't think Croatia will come second now. I think Nigeria will 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 either Nigeria or Argentina will come will come second. I don't think Iceland would be in it. And if Iceland were in it, you know, they go up against France, and France trounced them in the uh, at the Euros. So uh, you know, it was five two in the end or something after they beat England. Uh, so they went through, and then they did have to mention that, didn't you? Oh, sorry, <laughs> that's just happened. Oh dear. Anyway, um, <laughs> but mate, I think uh, that's uh, yeah, that's that's going to be it. I think we should we should probably uh, uh, finish today uh, yes. a little bit by uh, talking about <clears throat> something that we were we covered uh, here or that you covered uh, here uh, uh, a couple of uh, 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 days ago, or was it just yeah? I can't remember exactly when it was, uh, but uh, with uh, with what's happening with Shakira. Uh, Shakiri, uh, Shakira is uh, livid at her husband for playing so badly I, and almost getting cancelled. I can't help it. Yeah, <laughs> so no, it's can't so help similar. It. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Shakiri and Jaka uh, have uh, escaped punishment for their uh, double eagle celebration. Mm. And um, the other thing, mate, is I feel extremely vindicated uh, in my assessment of that game. Uh, because as you'll remember, I complained about um, Shakiri's um, revealing of his pubic mound. <laughs> and um, it turns out that Twitter was all ablaze with exactly the same thing. But sadly, FIFA have not taken that into account. And um, I think that should have been the reason that he should have been out of the next game. <laughs> and uh, I think, as you said, mate, that should conclude the podcast for today. And, and what better place to conclude it than with... Uh, what we concluded it with. Um, we'll be back. We'll be back Say tomorrow. It's pubic hair. That's yes. all good, mate. Yeah, put it out said, there. Said it enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, we'll be back again tomorrow with a review of the madness that is Group C and D, uh, and a preview of what's about to happen in Group E and F. The football keeps coming. It was glorious ah. today. It's going to be hopefully just as good tomorrow. Uh, all that you can hope for is one team is through and then they're out and then they cry. And you just <laughs> hope to see that as many times as you possibly can. Absolutely. Let's, let's look forward to it. Speak to you all tomorrow. And we're done. Remember to share us with your friends and to rate us on iTunes. And to watch more football. people we've shared moments we've experienced and as we go through this epic winding road there's one constant that keeps adding to our library of stories keeps fueling us with those moments
Those tails. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Fucking hate you. We're doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going, mate. Keep going. This is brilliant. It's brilliant. Keep going. You... I love it. I love it. I love it. 